Hello everyone and welcome back to the Scouting Guide Podcast. In this podcast, we're going to try to read all of the merit badge books that Scouting has to offer. In this episode, we're going to be reading American Labor. This is part 3, so if you're following along, we're on page 44. Now, let's begin. Employee Representatives When Samuel Gompers, president of the American Freedom of Labor, was asked what the labor movement wanted, he said, More representatives for employees, union leaders, and negotiators. Employee associations, labor lobbyists, have always tried to get more from the workers. More ranges from tangible benefits, such as wage increases, paid vacations, and matching contributions in retirement funds to intangible government protections in the form of pro-labor legalization trade restraints, and welfare programs such as the Social Security. Sometimes, however, the representatives have to bargain for less. When a company threatens bankruptcy, workers often have to give back benefits or accept a cut in pay in order to keep their jobs. What owners and management want? In small companies, the owner is management. In large corporations, the owner is usually a group of investors who have created a legal and financial partnership join venture or state. For more information, see the American Business Merit Badge pamphlet. Owners of large companies hire business managers to help them generate a profit. Unless the top manager or executive is the owner, then everyone in management is a worker with a boss. Management often consists of several levels of administrators. 1. Top management including the chef executor, officer, and chief financial officer. They determine the goals, objectives, and pol- policies for the government company and report directly to the owner. 2. Upper management includes top executives who have head cor- corporate divisions. 3. Middle management executives and departments. 4. Lower management directly supervises workers. Managers at each level has a responsibility to generate profits. Their own job security depends on it. So almost every decision a manager makes, allotting resources investing in expensive technology, reducing company contributions to employee retirement plans, involves the bottom line. With owners demanding higher profits and employees and labor unions insisting on wage increase and better benefits, management has to make difficult choices. What managers want is the right to manage because they have to balance so many special interests with critical financial implications. Management experts have to find the final authority in the workplace. Owners. The foremost concern of a company owner, or an individual or a group of investors, is to make a profit. How that is accomplished? By gaining a competitive advantage, increasing market share, creating to the customer, Improving productivity or boosting employee morale is a management concern. Investment groups own their business too. They make decisions about whether to continue to invest in the companies based on profitability of those businesses. Just as management may shut down a division in a company to cut costs and improve profitability, the owner may sell an approval company to protect overall profits. Shareholders. Financial institutions... Investment groups and individuals often buy shares of stock in a company. Each share represents a piece of the company, a percentage of ownership. 
Some companies offer an employee stock option plan that allows employees to acquire shares of company stocks and receive stocks in distributions as retirement. Shareholders want a return on their investment in the company. Most look for a short-term profit, which pressures companies' management to take short-term action at the expense of long-term goals. Since employees' share shareholders receive stock distributions at retirement, they are interested in the long-term return on investments. What others want? What happens inside a company affects groups, different groups outside the company. Decisions to outsource, raise or lower wages, relocate or sponsor local company programs influence participation and support for the company. Customers. Customers want to buy quality products and services at the best price. Since competitors play a critical role in the success of a business, a company must figure out how to meet customer needs and still make a profit. Community. If unemployment is a high in a community, citizens want a company to hire local workers. In addition to a community wants a business to fill a niche, to offer a product or service not offered by others, or to offer a better product at a better price than competitors. The community also wants the com company to be a good cooperation citizen, for example, by supporting the arts, such as the theater and music groups, or supporting community programs. Public officials. The mayor and other public officials want to convince companies that, that the company is a great place to locate a business because the city benefits from additional tax revenues. If a company is successful, hires local workers, and has a good reputation for the way it handles labor management relations, then officials can use it as an example to lure other businesses to the community. However, if the company generates negative publicity from lawsuits, strikes, environmental violations, or workplace injuries, then public officials perceive the company as a problem for the community. As you can see, these groups have different goals, yet they are linked together. Each time a company addresses an issue in one group, it upsets the balances with other groups. People in one group, uh, people spend a lot of time at work defending their point of view and insisting on getting what they want. While they are arguing, pacifying, or negotiating, no, negotiating, they are not making a product, not serving customers or citizens, and not making a profit. When different groups relocate, that's what they have in common, the success of a company is most important. Then they must comp compromise in areas that are driven by self-interest and make an argument that best ser serves everyone. Labor Management Relations Suppose that you and two friends started a lawn care business. Your parent that has loaned you all the equipment. All you have to do is maintain it, fuel it, and return it at the end of the summer. You and your friends have agreed to split the profits after paying expenses, and everyone has a plan to spend it his share. But today, one of your friends broke the edger. Now what? Did you notice how fast a simple plan becomes complicated? Situations like that happen every day in business. Conflicts of interests, if not negotiated, can easily escalate to anger. No wonder workplace relationships get strained. Laws and Practices that govern labor management relations. Labor and management always have had a plagiarized relationship. The individual employee working at the whim and mercy of the boss often feared management, 
When the workers organize, they quickly realize that they have some control over their wages and working conditions. In time, unions took a more aggressive stance with the management. Soon, both sides developed an adversarial relationship based on positions, power, and threats. They defined the outcome of collecting bargain and a win for one party, a loss for another. Non-union employees borrowed some of the union's negotiation techniques, but toned them down to a cooperative bargaining style based on mutual interests. Negotiations involving individuals or employee groups and management call for companies on both sides as a win-win result. Collective bargaining. The negotiation process, known as collective bargaining, occurs between union and company representatives to discuss wages, hours, working conditions, fringe benefits, and union security. The goal of a collective bargaining is to make a contract, a collective bargaining agreement. The contract must meet a union needs and those of a non-union employees covered in the bargaining unit and employer needs. It must include specific grievances procedures to resolve their labor disputes. When a contract is about to expire, the union and the company must announce a notice of in- intent to enter a impasse or failure to agree. Then they must call a natural third party to meditate a s- settlement. If the old contract expires before a new one is negotiated and signed, the union may call a strike, or the company might call a lockout to pressure to pressure the other side to accept terms. Collective bargaining loses its teeth when strikes are prohibited. In those situations, employees use other tactics, such as slowdowns, deliberate reductions in productivity, and mass absentism to pressure employers to meet their demands. Meditation and operation of grievances offer cost-effective alternatives to expensive litigations via judicial courts. Both approaches involve using impartial third parties who are committed to confidentially meditate as an informal voluntary that negotiates and process for resolving disputes. The mediator, mediator helps the parties communicate. They understand the issues and reach an agreement but has no decision-making authority. If the parties cannot agree, the dispute goes into aberration, a formal process in which facts and issues are presented to a neutral arbitrator who makes a legally binding decision. Often when labor and management have difficulty negotiating an agreement, a mediator will give an option about what the final decision might be. If the dispute goes into aberration, then put Prediction creates an incentive for the parties to reach a settlement before an arbitrator rules against one or the other. Personal Policies and Procedures Many non-union businesses have informal open-door policies to address labor complaints. Workers are encouraged to discuss their concerns with management without fear of any reluctancy Actions, formal internal grievances procedures, establish specific steps an employee must take to challenge certain aspects of unemployment. Non-union employees also use 
meditation and operation as well as peer review which utilizes a panel of the employees' peers to evaluate the dispute and render a decision, which may or may not be binding. Labor laws. The rights and responsibilities for labor and management are determined by union contracts and labor legislation. Hard hats and thinking caps, two sides of a labor issue. You know by now that the goals of a labor is the goals of management often conflict. One day, you can spot newspaper headlines announcing a problem between a union and an employer, a new outsourcing deal, a complaint about the lack of cultural diversity in top management, a discrimination lawsuit, a planning closing, or a threat to slash wages to re or reduce health insurance benefits. When you start working on Requirement 7, pick a current labor, labor issue of widespread interests and then try to understand what caused the problem and what it what its effect on labor and on management. As you prepare to argue the issue in person or on paper, form different points of view. Imagine yourself as a mediator in the labor management issue you choose. Do not assume one side or the other is right. Be objective and impartial so that you can see the facts between the issues. Remember, management goal is to make a profit. Labor's goal is to make a living wage. Your goal is to defend each party's position within the limits of rights and responsibilities. Where now? These centuries, these economic rev revolutions, is not a business as usual, and it certainly is not labor as usual. The workforce is aging, yet living longer than earlier generations. Baby boomers are either not willing to retire in their 60s or not financially prepared to retire. Older workers are holding on to positions that younger workers expect to fill. Globalization has changed the way Americans conduct business and the way that people work. Outstanding has moved to both blue-collar and white-collar jobs out of the United States. Opportunities in fields such as computer science are no longer plentiful, although experts predict that there will be plenty of face-to-face -face positions that cannot be moved overseas. Millions of positions for unskilled and semi-skilled workers and food service and retail sales occupations will be available, yet many unemployment skilled workers will complete for those low-paying jobs. The American labor movement faces a lot of naughty, naughty problems and challenges, but it is not the end of its rope. Career Opportunities and Labor Relations This field of labor relations includes all of the interactions between a company management and organized labor or non-union employees. Careers range from recruiters to employee benefits special specialties to administrative law judges. Human resources. This area concerns all aspects of involving the employee of a company, including hiring, paying, and training and discharging people personal as well as helping to develop policies. A human resource generalist handles the full range of responsibilities relating to personal. In a large corporation, a director of human resources develops and coordinates personal policies and procedures and oversees the following departments, which are handled by experienced managers. Employment. An employment and placement manager handles the hiring and separation, leaving of the company, of employees and supervisors. The people in the following position 
a recruiter often travels to find and interview promising job candidates. The recruiter must understand the company and its policies, as well as employment laws in order to discuss wages, working conditions, and opportunities. An equal employment opportunity officer, representative, or affirmative action coordinator works in large corporations, handles disagreements and grievances, grievances, and makes sure that companies' practices are not in violation of the law. Compensation. A compensation manager sets up and maintains the company's pay system and, co and compares the pay rates to other companies to ensure that they, the pay scale complies with legal regulations. The manager makes comp composition decisions based on an informal form people and in the following positions. A job analyst specialist collects the and studies information about job duties to classify positions and develop job descriptions. An occupational analyst studies the efforts of industry and occupational trends on worker relationships and often acts on a technical link between the company and other organizations. Benefits An employee benefits manager handles the company's benefits program, which includes insurance, health, disability, life, accidental, death, and disembarkment. A pension plans, saving, profit, sharing stocks, ownership. A benefit manager and benefit specialist must know the current laws and regulations that affect employee benefits. An employee assistant plan manager or employee wonderful manager is responsible for programs that help employees balance their work and personal lives, such as those relating to child care, elder care, transportation, and carpooling, physical fitness and counseling, training and development. A training and develop and development manager is responsible for programs to develop employees' skills, improve productivity and equality of work, and boost morale. A training specialist plans and directs activities that include on-the-job training for new employees, new skills training in response to technological changes, and executive deployment programs. Industrial relations. And a director of industrial re relations labor policy and collaborates with the director of human resources and other managers about personal pol policies that affect ununionized employees. The director negotiates collective bargaining agreements and coordination grievance procedures. A labor relationship manager is responsible for em implementing industrial labor re regulations programs overseeing the preparation of informant of negotiating collective bargaining agreements, and administrating union contracts. The position requires extensive knowledge about labor law and collective bargaining trends. Distribute resolution. The negative process for settling disputes is an alternate to legalization. Resolutions at this level save much time and money, so third-party individuals should be knowledgeable and experienced in the areas of labor law and industrial re relations. A conciliator assumes this responsibility for keeping dis distributing parties in notations until they reach a voluntary settlement. As a third party, the conciliator tries to establish communication between distributions 
and blind the trust necessary for corporate solution. A mediator is an impartial third party who is appointed to help resolve a labor management dispute. The mediator advises, but has no decision-making authority. An arbitrator is an impartial individual who conducts a formal hearing about a labor management dispute and renders a decision that may or may not be binding on both sides. An administrative law judge decides cases that cannot be resolved through mediation or arbitration or are so complex and critical that they go directly to court. Qualifications, education, and training. Entry-level careers in human resources and industrial labor relations generally require a college education with majors in human resources, personal administration, or industrial and labor relations. A combination of indiscrepancy courses in the social science, business, and behavioral science plus courses in computers and information systems provide a strong basis of knowledge. Candidates with experience from internships or work-study programs have an edge over applicants with no work experience. For certain specialties such as employment benefits, industrial relations, and dispute resolution, a background in law is necessary. Many labor relations positions require graduate study. Management positions demand advanced degrees in human resources, labor relations, or business administration. Human resources workers and labor relations specializes needs good people skills to interact efficiently with a culturally diverse workforce. Like distribute resolution specialists, they should demonstrate the qualities of a fair-mindedness, description, and compassion, as well as the ability to analyze problems. Intercept statistics function under pressure and manage conflicting points of view. A federal administrative law judge must have experience as a lawyer and pass a competitive examination administrator. By the U.S. Office of Personal Management, the judge is appointed for life to the bench by one of several federal agencies and then receives judicial training from an organization such as the American Bar Association. Many consulators, mediators, and arbitrators have law degrees with a specialization in conflict management. Those affiliated with median organizations must complete a training course and apprenticeship and agree to uphold certain ethnical standards. If you are interested in pursuing one of these careers, consider a summer internship in a personal Wilhelmian resource department. You will get on-the-job training in basic administrative duties and gain an appreciation for the field of labor relations. Thank you for listening to part three of the American Labor and Merit Badge book.